What is happening, guys? Welcome to episode 13 of the Triage Method podcast. Um, today, we're going to be talking a little bit about a lot of things. So we're going to start off and chat a little bit about the event that I was at at the weekend um, on behalf of Triage Method. And then we're going to talk a little bit about learning. So how you can actually learn things so that you guys can actually translate the information you're learning into practice. But Paddy, first of all, how are you? I am absolutely fantastic, Gary. Um, I heard everyone really enjoyed your talk. Um, I heard it was some crack. And people were commenting on the fact that your calves looked a little bit deflated. But in fairness, you haven't been training them for the last four weeks or so. So, look, it's understandable. I know. I was actually thinking about wearing baggy pants on the day just because I didn't want people to see my calves looking deflated. So, you know, looking forward to getting back on that eight-day-per-week calf split again shortly. Yeah, twice daily. Yeah, baby. Obviously. <laughs> every every time you're in the shower, do a thousand, you know, reps. It's too easy. That's how mine are so massive. <laughs> Achilles thickening protocol. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so tell us about the event. How did you get on? What did you what did you kind of talk about? Like, obviously, you can't give everyone all the secrets because, you know, that's why you the go secrets. to the event. Yeah, exactly. To get the secrets. That's why you go to these kind of events. And this is why we periodically run these events is to just give the secrets. You know, like that's 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 what essentially we're doing there. <laughs> like is giving people these secrets, you know, because, you know, obviously you, you can't put it on. You can't put it in writing. You can't put it in video like it has to be in person. You know, so what, what were the kind Obviously. of the, yeah, like, I, I know. Yeah. So like, what were the kind of the secrets that you were kind of, you know, letting people in on over the weekend? Yeah. So like the, the, the big thing we wanted to kind of introduce because, you know, it was diverse enough crowd, you know, you got a lot of kind of fit fam girls, fit fam boys, you know, personal trainers, bodybuilders, all those different types of people in the crowd. Um, so we wanted to get bring things back to kind of the, the muscle level to start. So we talked a little bit about, you know, how muscles actually work and the fact that whether your goal is to be a bodybuilder, whether your goal is to just have thicker abs, whether your goal is to get a big booty or, you know, any goal that is related to bigger muscles, the common denominator there is to try and exercise in such a way that you're optimizing the tension on the muscles that you're training. Um, oh, let, and the reason I want to bring that... Let's just take a peel, a peel, peel that back for one second. It's not just if you want to build bigger muscles. If you want to build muscles in general, you know? Yes. So don't don't be just saying for the, the boys and girls that want, you know, big, massive muscles. What about me who just wants to be slim and toned and, you know, long and limber? That was the whole point. That's literally the whole point of trying to get across. That regardless of your goal of what time, type of body you're trying to achieve, it's generally going to involve that goal of of muscle hypertrophy. Because um, very few people are actually looking for atrophy, like making their muscles smaller. Like, like that's a pretty bad idea if you want to be healthy in the long term. Um, but yeah, basically the whole point was that you know a lot of people get sold you know special glute training programs, and and like I was just making the point that you know like people do 50 reps with like a very light resistance band that you might use in like a rehabilitation setting, but you wouldn't see like a guy in the gym doing that for his chest. So, so why would you do it for the glutes? Um, so that was where we kind of started off and then introduced our, the triage method exclusive checklist for building 
a good exercise, the stars checklist, which me and Patty spent weeks, you know, coming up with. Um, step, so the step, stars step checklist. One, train calves first before everything else. <laughs> e- everything. Then move yeah. on to post calf activation. Exactly. And then you move on to neck training because, you know, everyone forgets about it. We're giving the secrets today, guys. Just take this down, get your little notepad out. Calves first, <laughs> then neck training, then eyelid training. That's this, that is literally the secret right there. You get those three in the mix, you're fucking golden. Anyway, Gary, sorry about that. Everything else just starts yeah. growing. No, but what, what, what are the secrets? Um, you know, give us this checklist. Yeah, so the stars checklist, the basic premises of each kind of letter is, you know, the S, the first S is specificity. So if you're going to, if you're going to do, perform any exercise, you should do it with some idea of, you know, what are you actually trying to target? You know, a lot of people will say they're bench pressing for their chest and then they'll tuck their elbows loads, you know, and just, just take it completely off the chest because, and then the, the argument being that, oh, I'm stronger there, but it's like, yeah, but you've actually removed that that specificity from your actual goal the same thing you know if you were talking about training your lats probably not very specific to do like a wide grip row if you're trying to optimize the recruitment of your lats so that's just kind of step one is like the exercise you're doing should be somewhat specific the second thing was the t and that is timely so for example if for whatever reason you're trying to build all the muscles at the back of your body your posterior chain your traps lower back your glutes hamstrings etc then you know, something like a deadlift variation may be more time efficient than going in and training all of those muscle groups on their own. But simultaneously, or similarly, I'm dumb. Um, similarly, <laughs> similarly, if your goal was just to go in and build your hamstrings and you, you literally just wanted to develop your hamstrings and not get fatigue in any other muscle groups, then a more timely way of doing that might be to just do a leg curl because why bother going, you know, load up the bar and do all your warm-up sets for a deadlift and stress out other muscle groups in your whole body just to stimulate your hamstrings through that exercise. So it's just considering that time component. Then the A is accessibility. If you don't have a, a certain machine in your gym, then, you know, that's kind of off the list. And, you know, the, the same thing goes for setting up certain band setups or cable setups that you might see on the old Instagram. It's not always possible in your gym, and that's completely okay because there are always alternatives. The R was in relation to resistance. And I think we've talked about this in the podcast before that, you know, exercises should have appropriate levels of resistance at different points in the range. And, you know, if you've got like a lot of resistance where you are very weak, for example, like a dumbbell chest fly, you know, all the all the resistance there is at the bottom of the range where you're weakest and then it just drops off as you come up to the top. That's not very appropriate versus you know a cable fly for example where you might have more tension throughout the range and like you can go a bit deeper with that but that was the basic idea of it um and then the final one the s was what was the last one? Oh yeah stability and this is where that that example of the glute kickback actually came in because we've talked about this before patty as well especially the glute training podcast we talked about it um how important stability is and i would probably sacrifice some of the other things on the list in favor of stability because you need to be stable to optimize the force you're producing. So we, we, we spoke a little bit about the barbell hip thrust versus like a glute kickback with a cable. So, you know, the glute kickback example, you know, you're standing on one leg, you've got a cable that's kind of pulling you all over the place. And as you kick back, other joints can compensate, such as, you know, the lower back or the knee or whatever. Um, whereas your barbell hip thrust, you're much more stable, able to produce a lot of force. Um, and alongside that stars checklist then to conclude it, 
just got that adherence on the side because you can try and create the perfect exercises, but if you're not enjoying them and for whatever reason you're not adherent to them, then there's oh, no man, point choosing. I wish them. I went there. Like, that seems absolutely lit. Now, how do you, how do you, how do you think the crowd <laughs> engaged with that? Do you think people enjoyed that content? Do you think it ruffled some people's feathers? Do you think it was kind of people are like, yeah, I can roll with that. That's kind of my line of thought anyway. And he's just kind of, you know, maybe putting it more succinctly. Like, how, how did you gauge the crowd? Like, what, what were they kind of vibe were they giving you? Yeah, I think the feedback was pretty good overall because people were just like, you know, the fact that like a lot of the information may have been complex if we didn't put it into context. So we just kind of, you know, gave people those practical examples and, you know, they were able to say then, oh, that make that makes sense. Because where I actually applied that checklist then was we looked at the leg extension versus the back squat. And I, I just asked people, you know, to, all right, remove your emotions, just remove what you've been taught in like PT school or whatever. And let's just bring it down to this checklist and question, you know, which is a better exercise, the leg extension or the back squat? Because obviously, you know, people's initial intuition is always the back squat and people will be very protective of their own beliefs. But I think people were pretty open-minded because we just discussed each point and like I was just basically just saying, you know, it, it just depends on, on like who you are, what your goal is, etc. But, you know, that, that different things apply in different contexts. And I think when we put forward things in that kind of rational way, I think people receive it a lot better than if i was being very extreme in what i was saying because you know that wasn't it at all so i think people received it right i was gonna ask you about what the other people talked about but to be quite honest i don't give a fuck and like obviously people people only came to see you and you know obviously we should putting out that kind of killer content and they probably left after you were speaking you were on second were you yeah, so I presume they probably left after that. They were like, uh, yeah, fuck, mind blown. See you later, guys. Can't handle anything. Oh, who, yeah, no one who? wants to hear Christian Guzman or anything. Like, who? No, they all left. Oh, Christmas <laughs> Guzman. Sorry, 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 sorry. Christmas Guzman. Christian no. or something. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, but yeah, anyway, segueing into the second kind of half, half, three quarters of this podcast, um, the kind of learning experience and the reason i'm going to segue right now rather than discuss what everyone else was talking about and um, like i'm sure there, there's footage from the event i'm sure people if they're really mm-hmm. interested in it can go get in contact with the other speakers find out the little nuggets from them or you know they can get a time machine and go back in time pay for the event and actually go to it you know um but the reason i'm going to segue it in and the reason i was kind of leading you down this pathway was because a lot of people come to events, be they an event like the one you were speaking at, be they a seminar, be they even, say, a YouTube video, even discussing something with another person in the gym. You know, everyone comes to that with preconceived notions and preformed ideas. And obviously, you have to, you know, look at the, the world through a certain lens and that lens is informed by the, the the thoughts you have thought the thoughts that you have had implanted i.e being taught um so you have to look at the world in a certain lens otherwise you just wouldn't be able to interpret it you know so people come to events like that and 
first of all, they can kind of hear what they want to hear. Okay. And along with that, they can Mm -hmm. hear what they don't want to hear and have their feathers ruffled as a result. Now, whenever I, and this kind of goes into our learning process and whatever, because people seem to think that we know some things when realistically the two of us are absolute cabbages. Um, But when you come to a piece of information, whether you get it from a a seminar, an event, a YouTube video, whatever the media, the platform you're getting it from, when you come to that, you have two options. You can either deal with that or you can reject it. So you can either assimilate it into your processes, your thought processes, your practices even, or you can just go, nah, fuck that. I'm not even acknowledging that's a thing. It's just completely wrong. Now, the majority of people will essentially have their biases confirmed. They will look up information that they agree with. You know, they'll actually search out information that they agree with, you know, rather than going through, say, like a scientific method or like an experimental method and having a question and then looking to find the answer, they have an answer that they want from that question, you know? So that's how people will look at any question that is either posed to them or asked of themselves. And now, the reason I asked specifically, like, how did the crowd gauge you because a lot of the exercises you were talking about and a lot of things you're talking about can at first seem a little bit intimidating and i always kind of think back to like socrates right i don't know gary you're pretty uncultured so i don't know if you even know who socrates is um oh cool you do right but anyway so socrates probably you know one of the the wisest men like the oracle of delphi and all was like oh yeah man this bro your thoughts are lit and you know what you're talking about and he was the wisest man in Greece, okay, supposedly. And that was purely because he actually listened to his inner thoughts, okay? And now we're not going to get into that because I don't really care. And I don't really think anyone else care, cares. If you want to, like, get more in-depth into that, you know, take a, I don't know, philosophy lecture or listen to some videos on that. Anyway, the reason I bring it up is because Socrates was essentially sentenced to death, because, or death, sorry, excuse my wording, Um the reason he was sentenced to death was because he he would essentially call people out, like straight up call them out. Like someone would come up with a quote unquote fact, a statement, like you were saying, like what's the best leg exercise? And they'd go, oh, it's the back squat, you know, because that's, that's the prevailing wisdom. That's, oh, of course it's the back squat. Like, duh, like everybody knows that as if it is an actual fact. And he would essentially call people out and ask them to rationally explain their thoughts. And people didn't fucking like that, you know? And like at Greece at the time, there's only about 25,000 people in it, right? So big enough, but not so big that you wouldn't know everyone, especially, you know, back in the day, this guy is like the smartest man in Greece. So like everybody fucking knows him, you know? So he's going around and he's calling people out, like straight up being like, your that tax system like rationally explain that like and they just can't you know and so he got a lot of enemies and for that for his you know privilege of being the most learned man in greece he was sentenced to death now again he actually 
gladly accepted his punishment because he was getting old at the time and he kind of saw it as a way out to kind of grow old, have his peace told, and then not have to deal with, you know, actually getting old and dying from being, you know, decrepit and maybe losing his mind and everything. He actually was given time to, you know, sort out his affairs and get everything in order. So he kind of saw it as like, yeah, okay, cool. Like this is, this is an easy out, you know? Um, so that's a whole other story. But the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, a lot of people, as soon as they have their biases challenged and and they're asked to kind of explain their thoughts, which perhaps aren't actually their own thoughts. They've just been taught it in school, in college, and in the gym culture itself, online, wherever wherever that information they got, they, they, they've picked it up. And it may not actually be their thought themselves or their thought themselves. So they haven't really rationally dug into that you know so a lot of people when they're confronted with someone going oh why do you think that or why is that the best method in your opinion they, they don't have a, a backing to this we'll say they don't have a whole you know rationally formed thought process and like okay like say for example you're saying maybe the quad or the, the leg extension is a better quad exercise than the back squat and you kind of go okay can i actually rationally explain that and can i actually you know, especially in this day and age, like we can actually have empirical data. You know, you can actually look at like biomechanics. You can look at like EMG readings. And, you know, even though that's not a great measure, it does give some indication, you know, but you can look at all these objective things. And like, yeah, it does take you to actually put them together in a coherent piece. And, you know, not necessarily, I'm not necessarily saying that we have it all put together and we have the the, the million piece jigsaw put together perfectly. I'm just saying, that when you come to an argument, even if it is from us, like, like call it out. Be, be objective. Kind of take a step back from your emotions. Like, yeah, even if the information does agree with your bias, and you kind of go, yeah, like uh, that's that's perfect. Uh, uh, this is this is this is exactly what I wanted to hear. Even question that. It's like, okay, yeah, like you're building a relationship with the person telling you that information. Like now you like that person because they have a similar thought process to you. It's like, wow, yeah, you just made a new friend or a new idolized fitness professional or whatever whatever industry or whatever thing it's in, you know. Yeah, you've made a new friend. You've made a new idol. But are you actually advancing in your overall knowledge by just having your biases confirmed? So before I let you jump in, because I know you're dying to do it. I can see it in your face, Gary. Um, but before I let you jump in, what I always try to do, and I'm not saying that I'm some holier than thou perfect person, I always try to look at it as if the person you're getting the information from has a cup of knowledge, all right? And you also have a cup of knowledge, okay? But now imagine my cup tastes like sour apple. Sour apple is my favorite flavor, just so everyone's aware. Um, Gary, what's your favorite flavor? Yeah, just uh, like fucking shout out. Go on, three, two, one, go. What did you? Of anything. Okay, salted caramel. Right. So my <laughs> my salted uh, caramel. cup of knowledge tastes like sour apple. Salted caramel. Yours tastes like fucking oh disgusting salted caramel. Uh, nah, salted caramel is nice. I'm only joking. Right. So yours tastes like that. Now, well, actually, you know, salted caramel and sour apple. That actually might be a nice combo. Who the fuck knows? Um, but imagine it's just two dichotomous flavors like sour apple and cola we'll say 
right? So yours is cola, mine's sour apple. And if I want to taste your knowledge or actually have an understanding of what your knowledge is about, the overall aroma of it, the overall taste of it, you know, actually understand your cup of knowledge, what's in your cup of knowledge. And if I can only drink from my cup, because it's my cup, you know, I don't want to be getting your germs, you know, what do not want. Um, I have to have an empty cup going into this exchange. I have to empty out my cup and say, I am a blank slate right now. All I want to do is taste, sample your knowledge. That's all. So I want you to pour a little bit of your knowledge into my cup. I'm going to, you know, take in the aroma of it. I'm going to take a little sip, you know, swill it around in my mouth, get the taste of it, drink it, see what it's like. Let it kind of, you know, sit there, breathe for a moment. And then once I kind of have drank it from your cup of knowledge, well, from my cup, but you pouring it into it, I can then go fill back my cup with my knowledge and interpret the information that you have presented to me. But I have to go into that exchange with an empty cup, you know, otherwise I'm just going to be tasting like cola, sour apple, which, you know, isn't like, I don't know what cola it's, if I've never tasted, I don't know what cola itself tastes like, you know, I only know what sour apple tastes like. And now all I can taste is the sour apple cola. And that might not be a good flavor, you know, but unless I taste that cola on its own, I can't decide whether I actually like cola or not. So I have to come to that exchange with an empty cup. And that's whenever you look at any information, whether it's at a seminar or an event like Gary was talking at, whether it's a YouTube video, whether it's a, a college lecture, whatever it is, come to it with a, an, an empty cup, a blank slate, question the information as if this is the first bit of information you have ever been exposed to on this topic and then form rational thoughts from that. Anyway, Gary, I'll let you jump in. I've been spitting straight shite for the last while. Yeah, and no, I, I really, really like that idea. Um, it puts a lot of things together, but I think like the basic premise of that is is really important and it's, it's not just to you know accept that pretend you don't know anything at the moment but it's also to clear yourself of any biases that you have and that's something i try and do quite a bit when you know encountering new knowledge you know I, being aware of the biases that i have going into learning about that topic or, or reading about something because if you're not actually aware of your own biases then you can kind of fool yourself into looking for just things that confirm your biases so i think that's something something for everyone to be aware of that you need to actually ask yourself okay what are my biases you know like let's say if you've always you know eaten a low carbohydrate diet then going into reading nutrition you're probably going into into it with that sort of bias that i want things to kind of suit low carbohydrate dieting and the same if it's high carbohydrate dieting or if it's veganism and, and this is why people end up falling into those extremes is because they're not actually aware of their own biases when they actually go into things and they just keep on suiting their own bias um, and also in, in terms of that kind of scientific way of thinking dr dr andy gallup and i don't know if you follow him you probably do um but he, he has this really nice saying where he says you know science doesn't give us answers it just reduces science. uncertainty <laughs> and i think 
<laughs> Paddy's making vomit faces. But I actually really like that. But I actually, <laughs> I actually really like that because, like, you know, we can all, it's, it's very easy for everyone to, like, want to be right and want to be perfect and want to have the perfect methods all of the time. But, like, the whole purpose of being, like, any way scientifically grounded is to want to move forward and to accept that, okay, we probably don't know everything right now. And like, yeah, if you're man, not able to think like that and agree. you think that you genuinely Boy, have the perfect method, um, then you're always going to be resistant people look to at scientists, like they have the answer, but yeah, man, I was actually, I was making pukey faces or whatever, but I, I do actually agree with you because you have to remember at the end of the day, scientists are people too. And as much as you like to think that science is impartial <laughs> and science is, you know, factual, man, there are so many biases in science. There's so much, what would you call it? Politics, we'll, we'll, we'll say, in terms of, you know, oh, this uh, laboratory believes this as, uh, as a concept. Even if they see information that goes against that, they'll still confirm their bias because that's that's what the, 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 the PhD student's, you know, advisor believes. So the PhD student doing the research will be like, ah, okay, cool, can't publish that, going to just change the angle of my research, blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's how research is done. So you think it's impartial, but man, it's not. And yeah, there are better, there, there are, yeah, there is better research than others. But even some of the research you would think is good based on, you know, who is doing it, isn't necessarily fact in terms of the basis that they are basing things on yes they got the right they got the data to show them what they wrote down in the conclusion they got the whatever they wrote down in the results that's what the data said so they interpreted the data correctly but if the measurement tools they're using to get that data aren't actually measuring what they think they're measuring then you've already got fundamentally flawed research. And that might not even be their fault. Like they might be using other research that someone else did saying that this is a, a proof of concept and this thing actually, you know, measures this thing. And they're just like, okay, cool. That's that's not exactly my field. So I'm just going to presume that that person is correct and they know how to do science correctly and say that thing, say it's measuring, measuring like, you know, muscle growth or something. And they're like, oh, I, I'm not a biochemist, but I'm an exercise scientist. So I'm just going to presume that the tools that they're using to measure, I don't know, muscle protein synthesis, say, are correct. I'm just going to presume that because that's not my field. So I, I have to presume that the other person has a good knowledge set, a good scientific background, and are actually doing good science, you know? But if it then turns out that that science is wrong, you know, it's fundamentally flawed in whatever way, or it's not telling you exactly what you thought it was telling you, then your science is potentially invalid. And although it could actually still be right, it still isn't perfect science. So whenever you come to information, you do have to be aware of people are basing their information on the information of others. And yes, I would love to say that, you know, we only, like cream, yeah, does rise to the top, but man, suds also rise to the top. And if that water is mu muddy, you know, those suds are going to carry that dirt up too, you know? So like you have to, you have to look at things and really peel back the onion on them and kind of go like, is, is this actually factual? Cause like people do it in medicine and everything. It's like, this is, 
what we're looking for and it's like this 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 marker you're looking for isn't actually measuring what you think it's doing like yeah it's kind of a proxy measure but you're now using that as your entire diagnostic criteria when that was never what it was supposed to be you know so I can definitely see how people get led astray when looking at learning information or, you know, coming upon new information, because that's what we're kind of talking about at the moment. You know, if you come to some information, how do you kind of objectively look at that without kind of going, oh, fuck, like I'm, I'm scared of this information. They're using words I've never, I don't know. Um, they're using terminology that I kind of know. I don't like, I'm not sure of the exact, is this context correct? They're, they're using methodology. I don't know. And, even if it's just like an informal kind of semi-formal talk like you gave, it can still be kind of like, oh, fuck, like Gary said, glute kickbacks are, are terrible compared to hip thrusts or whatever you said it was. And you're kind of like, I fucking love glute kickbacks. You know, I get a great pump off them. So you objectively, or so you think objectively, you're going, yeah, glute kickbacks are fucking great. You know, they're, they're really building my glutes in a way that, you know, hip thrusts just weren't. And like, how do you take that information in then in a somewhat objective and rational way when you've had good experience with it or you've had success with something like that. So that can really be be hard to kind of, it's almost jarring to your, your ego or your psyche or whatever you want to call it, where you're kind of like, okay, this guy is saying something. And, you know, Patrick said earlier on, like, come to this with an empty cup, but um, I'm starting to fill it up with my own stuff again. And, and I don't know if I fully believe in what Gary was saying there about those glute kickbacks. So then you have to kind of challenge your own biases and go, do I actually agree with Gary? Has he thought this out more? Has he rationalized this more? Is he being more logical and concise in his fully fleshing out of the argument? Um, or is he wrong? You know, and you kind of have to do that with everything. So like at, at a certain stage, like it is almost exhausting like I know I like doing it. And I know you like doing it, Gary, but for the average person that's like, this is like, especially the, the fitness stuff is kind of a hobby. You know, it's like, man, I just want to have as close to the best information as possible that we have right now, <clears throat> the triage militia. And, um, but like, no, they're, 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 they're trying to get as close to the best information that they have, or we have right now. And it can be really hard to kind of, <laughs> decipher and kind of go well, like who who the fuck is right you know like you don't have the time to go back and read you know 20 30 research papers and go okay actually gary's right because of this this and this so you're kind of taking people on face value and on their word that they've actually done the requisite thinking and the requisite rationalization and they're coming to you with the best information with also the best intentions because a lot of people will come to you with somewhat quasi good information with we'll say bad intentions like they're trying to sell a product you know and that's not necessarily bad because you know that can actually help so don't necessarily think because someone is selling a product that the information is inherently bad but definitely question if they're saying again going back to that that the hip thrust is better than everything else and they're selling a hip thruster i know brett Contreras does that but I'm, I'm actually not calling out brett but say they're selling that then you have to kind of go was he just filling a, a, a place in the market that he realized that the hip thrust was a really good exercise and there was nothing to easily do that on so he made something or is he 
you know, some middleman that's kind of going, okay, cool. You know, Breck made this this hip thruster, and I've actually seen research that you know maybe the hip thrust isn't the best exercise, or maybe the glute kickback is a better exercise. But I've just bought fucking twenty thousand hip thrusters, so I'm gonna try sell them and tell you that the hip thruster is the best exercise. So you kind of have to not only decipher the information, but also the intention behind that information, you know, and like social media is a really hard place, but realistically it's the exact same thing that people do on the streets and like brick and mortar businesses. Like they try to get you in the door, they try to sell. So people kind of bag on social media, but it has literally been like this since the dawn of time, you know? So like it is one of those things where you kind of have to take a lot of stuff at face value and then kind of bring that, filter that through your own lenses and kind of go, does that actually work? Like a lot of it's going to be trial and error. A lot of it is going to be kind of like, oh, like, is this, I don't know about this. And like what we always try to do is give you rationalizations as to why a suboptimal, again, quote unquote, suboptimal approach may actually be a more optimal approach for you as an individual, you know, so I'm not thinking of one, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but you may be doing something that isn't necessarily the best exercise or the best dietary approach. Like diet is actually a good one for that. You may not be doing the best thing dietarily, but the way you have your diet set up actually allows you to adhere to it better. You know, so on paper, physiologically, your diet isn't perfect, but, you know, mentally, psychologically for you, it is perfect because you're actually able to adhere to it. You know, so it's a really hard one when you come to a new bit of information of how do you actually decipher that in all of its context because you just don't have that context and then also how do you decipher that in the context of you as an individual so it is a pretty hard thing to do anyway gary again i'm shiting on what's up um yeah that 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 was kind of i guess why i chose to you know bring up that example of the glute or the the glute kickback the hip thrust the the squat the leg extension like i didn't just stand up and say these are or this is better than this this is better than this boom onto the next slide it like i gave people the checklist to give them a thought process so they can actually question things and say you know and have an informed stance because that's what it's all about. It's about it's about wanting to have an informed stance as opposed to being right. Because, you know, being the desire to just be right all the time is what leads to you being stuck in the mud. Like I did have one conversation, like it was the only person that kind of challenged me all day. And to be fair, he was very respectful and nice about it. But the guy was a vegan and he came up afterwards and, you know, said um, that he wasn't sure about my protein recommendations. He said that... He's not too concerned about getting protein into his diet because um, he doesn't think it's that important. The The World Health Organization state that 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight um, is sufficient for health. And I just said, you know, all right, look, this isn't my opinion. This recommendation, which was two to three grams per kilogram of body weight, is based on lots of evidence that suggests that protein improves dietary adherence. It has a higher thermic effect of feeding helps your metabolism as such um, and also helps with muscle growth slash retention during a fat loss phase leading to better body composition outcomes Um, and that also you know that it helps if you're if you're older and that it helps with you know obviously if you are an 
an athlete or someone who does do quite a bit of training that it helps with all of those adaptive processes. So that was just what I was saying. You know, that was my informed stance based on what the research says. Um, and like he was just saying, what the World Health Organization says. And he did it very respectfully and everything, to be fair. And I just think like th- that's where you want to be. Like I, like, I don't care if next week the ISSN and the WHO prove uh, that, you know, one gram per kilogram of body weight is enough protein. I'll be like, cool. That's fine. Yeah, Did you know, there's research honest, to show it. Even cool, with that done. kind of stuff, but like, there's a lot the whole point of is that you were informed and that you were unbiased still, about that. Like, that realistically, kind of why would I care selection. if the like, recommendation this, was this two or three person, or four I'm not calling or five or even one gram? But you know? say this person, they're going to get their information from the World Health Organization. I'm pretty sure the World Health Organization also ranks alcohol as one of the most dangerous substances on the planet, right? So if you're going to go down that logic and go, okay, I'm going to use the the World Health Organization as my governing body for nutrition and health and stuff. Like you have to take all of their recommendations at face value. If you're just saying that, oh, I just believe them, that means that all your biases are gone. So that means you're taking all of their biases as correct, 100% factually correct. Because as soon as you start chipping away going like, oh, well, I don't really agree with their stance on alcohol or their stance on I don't know, marijuana or whatever other stance that you're kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't really agree with that. Then you fundamentally underline, undermined that entire argument that you have saying, oh, well, the World Health Organization says this. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. But you disagree with them on this other thing. So why can't I disagree with them on this? You know, that if you're saying that they're wrong on some things, then you have to open up that Pandora's box to say that they're wrong on potentially all things, you know? And that kind of is that dichotomy where people are are willing to challenge things that they feel like they have a fully rationalized thought process on, but then when they don't have a fully rationalized thought process on, they will revert back to saying, oh, well, this, this, and this, and this person said this, and you'll see this a lot on like internet debates. If you ever look at like the fitness industry, people will be like, oh, uh, well, this fitness professional said this, and the next person will be like, oh, well, this person said this. And it's like, you're essentially just, Rather than explaining your point of view and your thought process, you're just subbing in someone else's thought process. But that, again, that fundamentally means that you have to agree with every single thing that they've said. Because, yeah, while I am being like hyperbolic with that, it does. Because if you disagree with them on something else, then that means that they could potentially be wrong on the thing that you agree with them in. So then you have to really address like, why the fuck do you agree with them on this thing, but not on this thing? Is it because they haven't thought out these other things that you disagree with them on? Or is it because you have a better thought process than them? So if that's the case, then maybe someone has a better thought process than them on the topic that you're agreeing with them on, you know, so it it really gets really messy. So again, like you do have to really dig into information and kind of make up your own informed thought process and rationalization of everything. And it's, it's really hard to do because again, you can't always be right and you can't always pass the book. Like you can't just say like, Oh, well, I take my information from the who there, like the world health organization. It's like, man, then you have to take all of their information. Like you have to, like, you cannot just say like, Oh, I'm cherry picking the bits mm-hmm. that I like about that. Cause anyone can do that with any topic. Like if I just go like, yeah, man, I love having, you know, 20 drinks every night and, and the fucking world health organization is saying like, that's pretty bad. Then 
just because I like it and I just disagree with them then say, like, nah, nah, they're, they're talking about someone else. You know, it's like, well, like then they're, they're wrong on something according to you. So they're wrong on everything according to someone. So potentially they are actually wrong. You know, so you do have to really like it, it, it does become Pandora's box. It's like, well, what the fuck is right then? Like, what, like there's clearly a logical and factual. This is optimal in this circumstance for you as an individual. And realistically, the only way you're ever going to find that out is if you as an individual inform yourself. So any little words on that, Gary, before I move this along? Because, again, I keep just talking shite. Yeah, like I think, I think the important thing to recognize is that like, like everyone has biases, especially in the fitness industry, and that you know there's a lot of biases that are almost just accepted as being like completely true and obvious. Like for example, like you'll see a lot of trainers just if someone comes with a with a weight loss goal, it's like oh you know weight training is 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 great for weight loss. It burns more calories than than cardio, and it's like you know, that's a clear reflection of someone's bias there because that is objectively wrong. Like, you know, weight training doesn't burn more calories than cardio, like period. And it's like, yeah, there are reasons why us in in the, the weight training field or whatever, like tend to recommend weight training for fat loss. And that's because, you know, muscle retention, adherence, all that sort of stuff. But it doesn't necessarily mean we have to be very extreme in that view then because you can still say that, you know, oh no, but cardio does burn more burn more calories or or cardio is actually complementary to your health all those sorts of things you know you see a lot of people saying that you shouldn't do cardio at all and it's like yeah like that'd be nice for for us because we we do probably do more weight training than we do cardio like we could easily gravitate towards that bias and say the cardio is a complete waste of your time but we don't because you know we've read the research and seen that oh this actually might have complementary health effects might even help help your hypertrophy all those sorts of things but Whatever about training, you know, the diet thing is probably even worse because, you know, you see a lot of low carbohydrate, high carbohydrate, you know, vegan. Uh, there's even the carnivore diet now, which is another thing. But um, like all of these people all cite things that prove their own position. And you can literally do that with anything. Like we could probably make an argument for like a carrot only diet or something along those lines, because you could find references to just support things that you want to be true. So it's very important to be aware of like the wide principles that are applying to whatever you're talking about. And then think about the context. You know, if you have a very specific reason that you want to be vegan, or you have a very specific reason that low carbohydrate dieting is superior to your context context, then that's cool. But recognize that, you know, people do have biases and you shouldn't be going to people for information. You should be going to not just one person, but maybe a wide variety of people, a wide variety of sources and kind of see what the general consensus is. Like you even see this in in journals, like research journals. And that's why I'd be hesitant to say like, oh, you know, just look at research because you could end up down this like path. Like there, there's a there's a particular medical journal um, that posts all low carbohydrate biased studies like they've got like editorials from gary taubes and they've got like a lot of narrative reviews like basically all these qualitative research studies related to nutrition which is like 
come on, you know, it's all this, it's all this sort of, you know, real biased stuff towards low carbohydrate dieting. And if you know the journal, you just know it because every nutrition study is biased towards the ketogenic diet and low carbohydrate dieting. And to think that a medical, like a medical or nutrition journal would go down that path, then you have to think, okay, now they're an actual That's publication. That's why we believe in a flat earth. So how does this apply to your average person on social media? Like they're obviously like, obvi- more obviously to be biased like, than an actual medical journal. So recognize that, you know, these biases duh. do exist even at the um, grand scale we're not of stupid. The actual earth publishers. Is not flat. It's a trigonal pyramid. <laughs> but no. Uh, yes, well, the word earth is flat. Um, Come on. That's that's yeah, our like, one. It's, it's kind of hard to say, but yeah, science is not science like you would think it is. But anyway, enough of that poppycock. Right. We actually need to tell people, because we've been talking <laughs> shit for 45 minutes. Oh, disgusting. Um, but we need to tell people how to learn. Because obviously right now, they know that essentially they're on their fucking Enough own. of that shit. They can trust nobody. All the information they're exposed to is potentially a lie. It's potentially not only a lie, but it's also to sell product. So they're being taken advantage of as well. So who the fuck do they actually trust? You know, obviously we're biased. You know, triage militia, get your little booties in there. Your hip thrusting booties, not your glute kickback booties. Uh, (laughs) Um get yourself in there, ask questions. Like if you're in there, you'll see it's kind of a community where we do kind of talk through these things. And you know, sometimes people bring different perspectives to the argument and go, okay, cool. Like I actually didn't think of it like that. You know, you're actually teaching me here. Cause again, like we're coming to this with an empty cup as well. You know, like we're not trying to say that we have all the answers. Like, yes, because this is our, our field. We are thinking about this more than say your your average accountant or you know shopkeeper or whatever your fucking job is you know we're we're thinking about it a little bit more and we have a bit more time to go in depth with it because it is our actual job however if you are not willing to get yourself in the triage militia what i generally recommend people doing is kind of peeling back as far as possible to what like you always call them first principles but not even we won't even say first principles go as far back with the information as you actually feel comfortable with so say for example you're completely new to this you're going okay cool i I just want to know what i should be doing in the gym like starting at that position even picking up stuff as you know like the muscle mags and you know whatever i can't even i don't even know what they're called these days you know magazines that have fitness stuff in them and going okay cool i might just try that workout even that is a good position to start and most people kind of go like obviously that's not great because those those articles those workouts are generally fucking terrible but that then builds you a lens to look at other information you go okay well why are they telling me to do squats versus I don't know, lunges here. Like, why, why are they, why do they have, why do they, I saw a program that was in here last month and it said squats were the king of exercises. And now this program has leg extensions first and then it's moving into front squats. Like, where, where are the squats, you know? Uh, so rather than just like following the information, start questioning that information and go, even if it is that kind of quote unquote basic level, start questioning that. Cause then, that will start forming questions in your head. And then from those questions, you can look for answers, right? 
So you've got your muscle mags, whatever. Then you can start going to, you know, maybe more well-researched, we'll say. Like even if you like type in program, we'll say whatever you can do, four-day program, type it into Google. You'll see on like the, the forums like bodybuilding.com, T-Nation, those kind of things. You'll see people talking about certain programs and they'd be like, okay, cool. So these programs are clearly effective because a lot of people are getting results from them. Again, even though you're saying, okay, these, these are clearly effective. They work. Start questioning them. Like, why do they work? Do they work for you? Is this the best exercise for you? Start questioning that kind of stuff and see, okay, well, what's the information that this person that designed this program, where did they get their information from? And you'll see it's, it's generally a few kind of textbook style things if you're we're just talking about obviously like program design here so they'll kind of deal more with kind of program design things and you kind of get a better understanding by going to these textbooks with overall program design you go okay so i got that concept grasped i know what that's about but i still don't know these other questions that came up within that research of that whole body like why like why are they saying a back squat is the king of exercises like why are they saying that like let's objectively let's look at this and see is this the king of leg exercises the king of all exercises is generally what it said you know like is this is it actually you know or is that people just going like fuck i can lift hella weight with this so yeah fuck it feels great like you know is that just the case you know is it actually the best exercise and then you can find other information of like bodybuilders getting huge legs by not squatting like doing leg press and leg extensions instead or stuff like that where you can see you know strength athletes are like yeah no i don't squat like the rock doesn't fucking squat i'm just putting it out there the rock does not squat again i repeat the rock does not squat right so uh, 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 um hey that's my dad you leave that out like uh, <laughs> but no like so you, you can kind of go okay so maybe it is possible to build a great physique or a good physique without this king of exercises you know so you start looking into those avenues so essentially what i'm saying is skinny. you can start wherever the fuck you feel comfortable starting if you feel like oh cool but listen to these boyos they seem good <laughs> we're going to start in the militia like we're not saying that the militia is the end of your research like we're saying like the militia is somewhere that we're going to point you in the right direction and potentially tell you our biases and potentially rationalize different reasons why certain information may be correct for you but that still involves you actually learning and that's kind of what a lot of people have found from the militia where it is that kind of learning experience i know i'm sounding like i'm selling the militia again is that my bias you know of trying to trying to run those sales up no uh well a little bit yeah uh, <laughs> but no what i'm saying is even use that same model that same framework where it's like have a, a, a group of individuals that are all equally invested in progressing their knowledge and actually wanting to learn information like they say you're the average of the five people you you know hang around with the most and that really is the case because they are <laughs> a lot of the th- time the thoughts you have only become solidified when you actually speak them out loud you know when you actually when you're actually forced to speak those thoughts they become solid we'll say you know and a lot of the time even just having someone to listen and then also go ah now you're stupid because you didn't think of this or fuck me man that's a brilliant thought really does help formulate and solidify those thoughts and those thought processes so having a group of individuals is definitely a great way to learn and, you know, kind of contextualize information, especially, again, if they're all coming to it like you should be with that empty cup 
and they're listening to you. They're not just going, oh, well, my bias says this. No, they're actually listening to you. If you can kind of find that group of individuals, <clears throat> we already found it. It's the militia. Uh, <laughs> um, but having that really does help with your overall learning process. And this this is the exact same. You may think that I'm just talking about, you know, fitness or you know the gym or whatever but it's the exact same for college information work information whatever it is you know start where you're comfortable with if it's if it's work you're building a business say you know start with a few business books that you got online go okay cool who are who are the most successful who is the the top list of people to read i'm going to read their books see what they're saying you know there's there's hundreds of groups on facebook and stuff that have you know individuals that are in a similar boat to you that are discussing topics that potentially you know the answer to, potentially you have the same question you'd love to know the answer to, but you're never going to know it unless you actually interact with these people. You know, so use the community, whatever the community is that you need to use to get that information. You know, maybe it's, you're again, a brick and mortar business and there's a few, you're on a high street and you're like, okay, cool. I'm not driving as much footfall as I'd like, you know, but this shop over here, they're doing really well. You know, they're kind of a similar shop to me. They sell similar enough products, not exactly the same. So why are they getting more footfall than I am? You know, have a discussion with the the managers, the owners, and see what the crack is. What are they doing differently that you could, you know, start bringing a little bit of that to your shop to actually get better? But you have to actually discuss, see what other people are doing, see what prevailing wisdom is, you know, bring that back, objectively look at that. Is that rational? Could you actually see holes in that argument? Could you see somewhere that something could be done better, so it could be done differently and potentially cause you to be more successful? And, you know, that that's the kind of thought process you should come to with the learning experience as a whole. You know, find the information at the level that you feel comfortable with. Like I, I like biochemistry. Some people look at that and go, man, that's just a load of fucking letters and this like metabolic pathway fucking chart. Like I've no idea what that is. Whereas I'm going like, yeah, that's fucking horny, man. And so like you might, you might not like that level of information, but you might be like, yeah, like I actually really like say nutrition stuff. And I really like reading about, you know, protein and carbs and fats and that kind of stuff and how to structure my diet. And maybe you like the psychology side of things, you know, so like you're all going to have a level or a thought process, we'll say, that you actually like going down the rabbit hole with. And that's actually where you start with information. And that can kind of seem really hard to do when you're, say, doing a college course. and You're kind of like, ah, don't really enjoy this. Not something that I really want to be doing for my life as a whole. And you can kind of go like, oh, like what, what? I just don't know where to start with this. Start with whatever the fuck you enjoy in your college course. You know, you're definitely going to find something that you enjoy. Maybe you don't enjoy it as much as you like fucking, I don't know, smoking crack on the weekends with your boys. Well, I don't know what the fuck you enjoy. Maybe it's not as enjoyable as that, but it is somewhat more enjoyable than the other things. That's where you start. You use that as like a gateway drug and get into the other information, you know? So again, Gary, what are your thoughts on that whole framework, we'll say, for learning? I'm sure you have some juicy nuggets as you've got such a massive forehead. I mean, brain, yeah. It's cool. We recorded this. You can listen to it again. (laughs) 
Um, no, I think I really like the way you put that. Um, what did you say again that I was trying? That I was trying to remember. I was like, oh, that was that was good. Um, oh yeah, oh, making making your thought making your thoughts solid. You know, so actually speaking about you know what your thoughts actually are. I think you could even do this like on a piece of paper on a document on your laptop. Like, let's say you're you're really confused about how to set up a training program. Write down your current thoughts about how to set up a training program. Because that's the easiest way to find holes in your argument. Like if you are in your stance or your position, whatever. Like if you write down like your discussion and you start talking about exercises and you're like, oh, you're supposed to do this exercise, this exercise, and this exercise, and you're supposed to do this many reps and stuff. And then you find out that, oh, I'm actually not sure like how many sets you're actually supposed to do or, or why you would pick a certain amount of sets. Then at least then you can you can take away, go away from that and say, that's what I really need to focus on in my learning. All right, I'm going to ask a few people. I'm going to read a few articles, kind of see what the general consensus is, and then try and come up with some sort of stance based on what everything and everyone is saying. Because if you just if you just kind of don't know what you don't know, then where are you even supposed to start? So have that kind of solid yeah, like, thought process, again, that solid stance. You bringing know, that you into say, that framework, like, I really like that, like writing oh, down, you know, say your program, breaking it down X, and going like, say, essentially finding oh, solid I think ground. This, like your man, what's this correct thing? Rene Descartes. This, 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 and this. Uh, like know, if, you, if, you're, if your answer stops at, I think this, there's no reason, and he then said, you haven't really you know, thought about it enough. So start with thinking before you actually get to the question. I think, therefore, I am. That's what they kind of take from it. That's not actually what it means. It means I am thinking, therefore, I exist. And the reason he he did that was because he essentially was trying to break things down in this whole philosophical philosophical even framework and go you know what like where is this solid ground like what 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 does it mean to be human like t- tell me right now you know let, let's break this down let's peel back all of the fucking layers and see what solid ground i have to stand on so that i can start making other more informed decisions making better questions and formulating better answers. So I'm not saying you have to go all existential crisis on me here and go, you know, fuck, what is like, you know, solid ground for me? You know, I'm saying like, if you have say a program, like you were saying, write that down, question everything. Why is that exercise there? What is that accomplishing in your overall workout structure? Do that with every exercise you have on it. Like, wh- why? Tell me exactly why it's there. Don't you, actually don't fucking tell me. I don't give a fuck. Tell yourself. You know, what, write down. Write it down as well because writing it down is just like speaking it. It becomes solid. Then write it down and rationalize why that exercise is there. Okay, like break it down. What exactly is that exercise performing? Like, do you need to be doing a squat variation, a leg press variation, um? a hack squat variation, different wide <laughs> stance with this, with close stance with, you know, do you need to be doing all of those in the same workout? Like, what are you trying to accomplish with all of those things? You know, like actually break it down, write it down. What is the purpose of this? Exactly the purpose, write it all down clearly, right? And when you've done that with all of the exercises in your overall program, why is three sets better than four sets for this? Why are you using five reps here? Why are you using 12 reps there? Sorry, excuse me. Why are you using 15 reps, 25 reps? Why are you doing drop sets here? Question every single last thing in your workout overall. Find that solid ground. Rationalize it all. Because you're going to find a lot of the things that you're doing 
you have no rational thought process behind it. You're just doing it because, oh, that's what you do on leg day. You know, like that's that's just the way it is, you know. Uh, so you have to kind of really peel that back and go, why the fuck am I doing this? Where is my solid ground? And do that with all the information you have, like in every aspect, not just your your fitness, not just your nutrition, not just your health, but your work, your learning, your your college or whatever it is that you're kind of you know pushing the boundaries of your knowledge in do that find the solid ground find that it's firm terra firma you can get a solid position here or semi-solid it will do if you're kind of like okay i'm not sure why squats work but people are saying they're good exercise so i'm going to start with the assumption that they're a good exercise and then I'm going to kind of rationalize around that and figure out why they are a good exercise and then use that framework to reason why or why not other exercises may be good or bad. You know, so you, you can start with semi-solid ground as well as firm ground, but you should find some sort of solid position to kind of lay your hat at least. You can always go back and question it later down the line, but starting from somewhere is what you need to do when you come to any bit of information and then fucking dissect that motherfucker like literally every single thing in it figure out why is that there you know what what do i would i change that if i was telling someone else can i actually tell someone else why i'm doing that you know this is a really good test when you're kind of asking someone about information in college especially like if you're if they're a lecturer they should know exactly what they're telling you not just fucking spouting off you know some shite that they're kind of like oh well like i kind of know this but you know fuck i haven't really researched it like they should know in depth everything they're teaching you and same with people selling you product whether it's in-person personal training online information subscription sites whatever the fuck it is you know actually start questioning that information wherever you're getting it from if someone's telling you okay, we're doing leg press. Be like, okay, why are we doing the leg press? We just did a squat. What, like, what is the rationale for this? What is this going to do that the squat didn't? And maybe they have a rational reason and an actual framework for having that in. Maybe they're using the squat as more of, say, I don't know, a strength-based exercise. They're actually using it as a movement-based exercise. And then with the leg press, they're actually thinking of it as a muscle-based exercise that they're actually trying to build some more muscle with that. Whereas with the squat, they were trying to, I don't know, increase your performance. Maybe you're an athlete, you know? So maybe there is a rational experience or a, a rational explanation for that exercise and for that information that you are receiving. So do that with all your information. It can seem exhausting, but man, you actually get so good at it so quick. You know, you can be like, okay, cool. I understand that. I understand why that's there. I understand how to question that. I understand where to find information relating to that topic so that I can actually kind of go, okay, cool. You know, maybe that wasn't exactly what I thought it was. That wasn't exactly as good as I thought it was. But now I understand why and why what I should be swapping out and what I should be bringing in instead. So bringing that whole framework and thought process really does help the overall learning experience. Yeah, I actually get I actually get my my clients through that sometimes. You know, so let's say 
Like sometimes oh, clients themselves <laughs> will make a suggestion as to what change we should make that week or whatever, um, or whether it's the inclusion of a certain supplement or whether it's the inclusion of a certain exercise. Like I, I won't just be like, oh yeah, cool, or no. I'll be like, okay, you know, what? why do you think that? Why do you think that would be helpful? And like you have to do that because that forces like that. That's we're not here to to feed to feed people. We're here to teach them to feed themselves. But basically, by oh man, by teaching them to you know actually question those things, you actually make a lot less stupid decisions and waste a lot less money as well. Because like that's one of the things that we we do as well is you know if following off from that question, if someone does have a reason for a supplement that they want to take, for example. And then I'm like, okay, let's think about that benefit. And now, do you think that in your given context and given your budget, that that is a worthwhile investment? And you'll often find that, oh, actually, no, that, that was actually okay, a you, pretty you bad idea. Um, you all like, so do get you know, good at the whole thought process thing. Because just questioning everything leads you to kind of realize that, oh, Jesus, there's a lot of things that I just kind of do on That's autopilot just because, you know, other people kind of, think they're good or simply because it's just common fitness culture to do these things um so yeah that's kind of man i will fucking i will talk forever like if you want to say really um what the fuck is that supposed to mean do you want to fight right now we're at the the hour five mark yeah i'm all done i suppose wrapping it up here unless you have anything else to talk about with the whole learning side of things or anything else coming up because i think people kind of going have a good I, I like ran the last that. two podcasts so this one okay is, question this is your baby. everything <laughs> everyone's a fucking liar most people haven't <laughs> I know. you know rationally thought things out and you're gonna have what? to do a lot of exploration yourself as an individual and that all the information you have and are exposed to what you should do to kind of conceptualize contextualize that information is find the solid ground within that information and then work out from there because again you can start forming better questions and thus forming better answers as a result you know so i think people if they can actually you know come to that information that we've presented today with that empty cup like i was saying earlier they'll get a lot from that but at the same th- time, I, because I've just been shiting on for so long, I don't know if there's anything we've missed. Gary, are there any, any holes in my logic here? Go on, fill them. Yeah, this, this is a... <clears throat> one thing I would add, just because it's something that actually helps me and that I do every time I learn something new is think, all right, so let's say you learn a new fact. Rather than just going with the empty cup approach, once you've come into it with the empty cup, empty cup, then think about, right, how does this fit into my cup? So if you already know a lot of things and you have a very solid stance on something, when you learn a new fact or a new piece of information or something along those lines, you come across a new study and it, let's say it, it doesn't fit in so nicely, then what you have to do from there is think about, okay, how does this apply to what I already know, what I already think I know or what I already 
do or apply on a day-to-day basis, then write down the follow-on questions that you have. So like, for example, if, if you have always had a, a low carbohydrate bias or something, and then you realize that, oh, a certain amount of carbohydrates in the diet are required for whatever, then you're, you're like, okay, that doesn't quite fit in. But before I just kind of throw it in there as, as a random fact, I need to go and review what I already know to see if all of that is true and how this now fits in. Because you can't just, you know, it's, it's not just about coming to something that just disagrees and then emptying your cup and then going with that. It's about seeing how it all fits in and writing down the, the new questions that you have and then moving forward with those questions. Because that's ultimately how you keep evolving is asking new questions when you learn new information as opposed to just seeking new information. Because you see a lot of this yeah, in, like, uh, you in definitely the fitness industry, have to especially on, on social media these days. Let that Everyone wants more information. Thought and, you know, people have, down like I've seen people post, up, bubble up, like, I don't know, whatever. Posts it has post to go, upon post it has to, complex information, you know, yet, like spend a while if we're looking at that cup can, analogy like, and that taste that like maybe that first exposure like, you're clearly you got a taste of it but you're like nah, i didn't really like it, it but now your your palate is yeah, more sophisticated like that, I and now you taste it and you go okay before i wasn't getting these subtle undertones these little hints of a jasmine or whatever it is and you're like oh now i'm, I'm feeling that vibe now i like that you know whereas before you, you just didn't really get that you're like yeah meh meh didn't really meh didn't really do anything for me you know so definitely you need to let that kind of ferment we'll say for a while and needs to filter trickle down into your subconscious let it deal with it see how that information jives with all the other information that's you know jostling around in there and then again kind of let it fight it out because you might have to sacrifice a bit of you a little bit of your ego this is the great thing about thoughts in general you can sacrifice the thought rather than having to sacrifice your life you know like yeah it may feel like a little bit of your life your your ego or whatever is being sacrificed but believe me that's a lot better than actually sacrificing your overall life you know that whole ability to actually get rid of thoughts is a key defining feature of you know humans we can actually think ahead you know, so we don't have to die rather than, you know, actually having to do the thing before actually thinking the thing, you know? So yeah, you kind of do have to let it kind of bubble through the subconscious and filter through whatever lenses you have going on. And this is the thing about information. You might be exposed to it once like years ago and only now it starts to click. You're like, oh fuck, I get it. Like, like my dumb ass, like I remember it, like years ago i was like real into like mma and stuff and looking at like ido portal before ido portal was like real famous and you know before he was training with conor mcgregor and all i was like yeah man his stuff is fucking it's it's cool it's really cool but i don't know how it fits in with all this like you know hypertrophy stuff i like as well and like i don't know how to like bring this all together and you know but he and he was saying stuff like oh you have to master your body before you should start mastering external stuff i can't remember whatever way he phrased it but whatever way he phrased it my fucking dumbass was like oh he means like you know master your body you should be able to do all these like body weight exercises and you know be able to move your body through space really efficiently and yes well that is the surface level of that information that information also applies to all that external stimulus as well like all that external stimulus whether it's a squat a leg extension hamstring curl like you actually have to be a master of your body 
to do that because that is only an external validation or an external measure of an internal process even if it's strength related even if it's sports related it is your actual body that's doing the movement the whatever it is it's your body it's the cells in your body the muscle cells the the actual like metabolic machinery within those cells you know so when he said that first i thought Oh, simple. You know, he's talking about, you know, being able to master these dips and fucking handstands and fucking, you know, whatever, skin the cat type things and all this kind of stuff all on the rings and everything. I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. That's what he's talking about. You know, just do a few fucking muscle ups, be grand like. Um, but that's not what he was talking about. Well, it was on the surface. But what he was actually talking about is, you know, mastering the capabilities of your body as a whole, you know, and applying that to everything you do whether it's resistance work or you know body weight stuff or that gymnastics style stuff you know and that took took quite a while to filter down and you know actually bubble through my my thought processes so don't be afraid to kind of let some tastes you know sit for a while let some information just sit for a while i don't have the framework right now to deal with that but in a few years, maybe I will. A few months, a few weeks, a few days. You know, it'll like again come into things with an empty cup will help you better long term than just kind of going, oh yeah, like he's talking about body weight, duh, and then just having all of your bases on that alone. Anyway, I think Gary, his internet has just failed us. So he has no parting words because he's not fucking here. So I'm just going to close it up here, guys. If anybody has any questions or anything we discussed in this, you know where to find us, social media, our Facebook page, Instagram, all that kind of shit. Anyway, we're signing out. Talk to you later, boys.